everybody's doing well. I have two praise reports. My wife and I celebrated Monday our 30th wedding anniversary. How awesome is that? That's a saint. Second praise report is I just came from a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp out of Kutztown University, and I'll be going back there tonight. And there's about 500 kids, and uh, our church uh, sponsors uh, four or five of the kids that are in that group. And last night, a former NFL player, John Bull Bramlett, spoke. And uh, he was labeled back in the day the meanest, orneriness, hard-hearted player in the game. He was drafted at first by a baseball team, the St. Louis Cardinals. He was kicked out of baseball because he was uncoachable. Ends up going to the NFL where he played, I think, seven or eight seasons. Uh, made a pro ball a few times and the Lord grabbed his heart and saved him. Found out he was, uh, grew up on the same block as Elvis Presley and played uh, Sandlot football with Elvis. Elvis went to one of his uh, NFL games. Towards the end of his career, he received the Lord and he's, he's about uh, 69, 70 years old right now and he's going around the country sharing the gospel with uh, adults, with kids, whoever uh, he's led to go to. So last night out of about 500 kids, I want to say probably about 100 kids uh, received the Lord at the um, invitation. Tonight, uh, going on right now, matter of fact, they're 40 minutes into it, so the speaker's just about coming on. Keith Elias, a former uh, New York Giant, is speaking tonight and the prayer uh, with you and with the staff that's at Kutztown is just that more kids will just receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior tonight and they go through a whole week of inspiration and perspiration they choose their sport and they wake up at 6.15 in the morning it's a spiritual boot camp they have a quiet time with the Lord then they go to breakfast, then they go out to their sport for two hours of drills and skills. They go back to lunch, go with their huddle group leader who disciples them. Then in the afternoon they play competition games, shower, eat, go to chapel, which is going on like I said right now. And it's just so neat to see uh, Three-quarters of the kid have never, kids have never been to FCA camp before. A lot of them are unchurched kids, so this is the first time they're in a worship situation, first time they're hearing people speak the name of Jesus and explaining things. So it's, it's an awesome thing. So just keep them in your prayers, please, because we're seeing God do some mighty things. Uh, if you open up your Bibles to Jonah chapter 2, I'm sorry, Jonah chapter 3. I'm going to read the 10 verses first and then we'll go back and pick some apart. Jonah chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. 
So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Lord, just open up your word that we may see some wonderful truths from it. Help us not only be able to take it in, but to apply it immediately to our lives where we are tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Every time you and I get an opportunity to read God's Word, to listen to somebody teaching God's Word. It's just evidence of His grace being available and present at that given time. Something that we should never ever take for granted. There are 36 countries in the world today that if you were caught going to a Bible study, listening to His Word, you could be executed right on the spot. That's pretty heavy to know that right now in China, people are being executed because they're doing what you and I are doing right now. But yet, yet God still gives us this time that we have to hear, to listen, to share His living word. came to Jonah the second time. Title of tonight's message is blank, just the word blank, fill in the blank, chances. If I were to ask you tonight how many times God has given you a chance, a second chance, a third chance. I know in my life, you can't count how many times. God has given me another opportunity to follow him, to honor him, to read his word. Jonah, we see here, is given a second time to obey God's word and the command he was given in chapter 1 to go to Nineveh and preach a message to them, a pagan nation, didn't even follow God, didn't even care. Yet God loves the world so much, as we know that he gave his son, that whoever receives him and turns will have eternal life. Now, I'm not going to assume that everyone in this church tonight is a born-again Christian. Or, if someone is listening on the internet, or if somebody is directed to Calvary Chapel, Jamesburg, New Jersey, and they live in the Midwest or the West Coast, and God has just directly, divinely brought them to listen to a message. God wants to save everyone. He wants no one to perish, but to, for all to come to eternal life. Hell, a real place, was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't meant for you or me, for our family, for our relatives, for strangers, 
for the 500 kids that are hearing his word right now. God wants everyone to be saved. We see with Jonah, who we saw about a month ago, was just a stubborn guy, hard-hearted. But he believed in God, the God of the Bible. But just like you and me, sometimes we're stubborn and we don't listen to God's voice and his command. And we run the other way. Well, we see here with Jonah that he gets a second chance. And in verse 2, God's word says to arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. We see action here. God is calling you and me to action. What is that action? Do you know it's not enough to be a born-again believer? That saves you. Believing in the crucified Jesus Christ and shedding his blood for the remission of your sins. Believing in his resurrection from the dead. Receiving him into your heart and being filled with his Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's crucial. That's the most important thing. But it does not end like that. You and I are in an acid world, a toxic world. If we were removed from that toxic, acid world, there are still a lot of people in it that are perishing. So God allows us to still be in that toxic, acid world so that we can bring people out of it with us. Jonah is given that opportunity here to go to Nineveh. So this time, after some trials, tribulations, and discipline, Jonah obeys God. And I was thinking of Pastor Anthony's message as I was preparing this the last few days. And I was thinking how much he loved Haman. So much so, so if you draw out Haman's name, it could have been God's call to him. Hey, man, listen to me. I love you. You have a chance to repent, to turn. But Haman didn't listen. I teach high school kids and junior high school kids, and sometimes they will mock each other, and sometimes they'll kid around with the teacher. And I was thinking of this with Jonah. Think of what Jonah went through, being on the ship, being in the belly of the fish. We can apply what the teenagers and the young kids are thinking. Joe, duh, Joe, duh. Like, what are you thinking, Jonah? Can't you get it? Can't you get it through your head? How about you and me? Are we hearing the things that God is saying from his word? Are we reacting to the people God puts in our life that he's trying to get our attention so that we have eyes to hear, uh, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive? Or are we just content where we are while there's a whole world outside that is going to hell? Verse 3, Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. He's obeying God's word. He's taking action. He's getting up and going. He's doing. What are you and I doing? Where are you and I going? In, in obedience to God's word, to touch somebody who needs to hear. Are we interceding in our prayer life for somebody who's going to hell? Are we praying 
for somebody to come to church? Are we praying for somebody that we'll, we would have an opportunity to share with them the love of God and the love of that person and what God has done in our individual lives? We see in verse 3 that Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Now picture, there's no TV, there's no internet, there's no satellite dishes. What's Jonah thinking? There's like millions of people here in this country he's going to. What difference is one person going to make? One person by themselves is not going to make any difference. But one person that's listening to God's word and obeying it is going to make all the difference in the world. Jonah did not know the extent of God's grace and mercy. He's going to find out in the next chapter. You and I don't know the end result of your life lived for Jesus Christ, totally surrendered to him, being in obedience to his word and following his call. We don't know that end result. But you do know this, that if it's done for the Lord and in the Lord, and it's obedience to his word, it's going to be full. It will not return void. Something will take place. And if you're really blessed, you'll see the results sometimes while you're still on this earth. And that's so cool, because that's an encouragement to anybody. And that's God patting you on the back, just saying, hey, look what I did through you. Keep going. My good and faithful servant, keep going. It's not done yet. You're still running the race. I've laid out good works for you to do. Go do them. You got another chance. And maybe tonight, you're saying, you know, my walk's been tr pretty dry with the Lord. I haven't seen much fruit bearing in my walk. Well, take heart, everybody. Take heart. Get up and go. Get God's word in you and just let it go. Go follow the lead of his Holy Spirit. Middle of verse 4, Jonah then cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There was judgment coming on Nineveh. There's judgment coming on this world. There's a day of judgment coming. For some who go to bed tonight and not wake up in the morning on this earth, but wake up in eternity, they'll either be facing Jesus and his love or the ability in hell with the eternal flames yelling out gnashing of teeth waiting for the white throne judgment before they're thrown into the lake of fire that will happen to thousands of people before we leave here tonight They'll be on a Christ side of eternity or a Christless side of eternity. That's going to happen. It's real. We will experience that one day. We will see the reality of eternity and understand how temporary what we're going through right now really is. Verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believe God. They proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. 
Remember, this was a pagan nation. They were not the Jewish people. But yet, remember what Jesus said in the New Testament? What he said about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah? That they would be witnesses against the people who knew Jesus, they saw his works, but still did not believe. The people of Nineveh repented when they heard that judgment was coming. And look how they repented. They proclaimed a fast after they believed God. They put on sackcloth and notice it was from the greatest to the least of them. They took off their comfortable clothes and they put on sackcloth, which was very scratchy, hot. They sat in ashes, both a sign of humility and just repentance. And God saw their hearts through that. God saw their repentance. I was thinking how many times we've seen people in our lifetime repent and just get on fire for the Lord. That's you and me, I'm sure. We wouldn't be here tonight if we didn't want to be more and more pulled by Jesus into his ways and more imitators of Jesus. I said in the last verse about good works that God has laid out for you and me to do. I was thinking in the book of Acts where Philip met the eunuch, baptized the eunuch, and all of a sudden Philip was gone. His work wasn't done there. God took him in another place. Man, just like that, in the snap blink of an eye. He was at another place where God wanted him. That's God's calling to you and me. We hit here. We hit over there. We hit back there. We hit up there. Wherever God send us. We're just loving people with the love of Christ. Verse 5 also shows notice how Revival took place. From the greatest to the least of the people were touched. The ordinary people. We don't know their names. The Bible says the judgment starts with the house of God. Revival starts with you and me. Our prayer should be that throughout the world in the believers, that the Holy Spirit just revives our heart, that we are truly a living example of the love of Jesus Christ, the crucified Savior, that we're dead to ourselves and alive for Christ, that we are truly crucified with Christ and we no longer live. But it's Christ living in us. When people see us, they see the risen Savior. And that we are ready in season and out of season to give a defense for the things that we believe. They say right now, there's a move throughout the whole world that one out of every four people that you go across are believers in Islam. But at the same time, Jesus is speaking to the Muslim people who are truly seeking the truth in visions and dreams. God will bring Muslims into our path to love, to be ready to share our belief in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Are we ready? Are you ready for that? Are you read up? Is the book that you hold in your hand, in your heart, 
Are you a living testament of the Old and the New Testament? If the answer is no, get up and read. Pour the word into you so it can pour out through you and bless the people that God is going to put in your path that he already knew before the foundations of the world would come in your path. And love everybody. Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you, who hate you for being a Christian. Love them. You and I don't have to put on sackcloth and ashes. Greatest sacrifice was already done for us when Jesus took your sin and my sin and went on the cross and nailed it there. And his blood washed away your sin and my sin. And the stamp of approval was three days later when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And now your life and my life is new in him. We're dead to the flesh and alive to the spirit. Move forward. Don't look back. Move forward. Verse 6. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. How cool was that? That the revival that took place among the greatest and the least of the people then went to the king. Then went to the king. Pray that it be so in our land. That the revival among the body of Christ is so dynamic, so powerful, from the east coast to the west coast, that President Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, the staff, see what's going on in the world and fall on their knees in repentance. And they have broken and contrite hearts because first, your heart and my heart have been broken and poured out before the Lord. The world will not change until the body of Christ changes. Till we are reflectors of Jesus, it will not impact the world. The world is perishing. You and I are going to live forever. Yes, we look, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But if he's given us another day and didn't come today, there's a reason, and it's for the lost. He came to save and to seek that which was lost. His command at the end of Matthew is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them, discipling them. Are we doing that? Are you as an individual doing that? Pray for that next door neighbor. Pray for that kid who's a pain in the neck. Pray for that complaining neighbor who won't give you the time of day. Is anything too big for our God? Jonah went into Nineveh. He didn't have a loudspeaker. He couldn't buy a cable network and, and talk on it. He didn't have that satellite dish. But he knew that all things were possible through Jesus Christ. That we are more than conquerors in him. That the greater the task, the more impossible the task, the greater our God will work and blow us and the people involved away. He is a God of the impossible. You know how I know that? I'm looking at impossible situations right now. When I get up in the morning, I'm looking at an impossible situation that God made possible. He worked a miracle on you and me. I'm looking at miracle people, guys and girls who are miracles, or who are going to heaven if you've received Jesus into your heart.
That's awesome. Your miracles. The king of Nineveh, he got off his throne. He got off his high horse. Think of those people in power, the athletes, the, the political people, the rich Wall Street people, or anybody who's wealthy. I think of the sower and think of the things that choked the word of God from being received. The cares of the world were choked off. The worries for finances or a home took away their obedience and picking up God's word and sticking it in their heart. They were more concerned with the cares of the world and it just drowned them and they didn't receive in their, the word of God that could have been in their heart and coming to fruition. Just faded away. How many times do you and I have an opportunity to hear God's word and it just fades away? We know the gospel, but we don't take the thing that God has put in out for us today, chewing on it, taking it, and applying it. This is not a coincidence anytime you come to hear God's word. It's what God wants you to hear and for me to hear. You're not doing your duty. There's no duty here. We get to hear God's word. As a person in China is getting his head blown off right now because he proclaims Jesus as his Lord and Savior, we get to live another day to live for him. Are we doing that? Don't get comfortable. Please, saints, don't get comfortable. It isn't over till it's over. There's still a lot for all of us to do, and please, I don't care if you're the youngest here or the oldest, it has nothing to do with your age. Whether it was King Josiah, whether it was David as a teenager, whether it was Caleb as 80 years old, or Methuselah over 700 years old, God was still using them as long as they were walking on this earth. Do you want to be used? He's looking to and fro. He's looking for anybody who says, Lord, here I am. Send me. King got off his high horse, got off his throne. Are you on a throne right now? You need to get off it. Are you covered in the world's cloak, the robe? Throw it away. Remember, you've been clothed the robe of righteousness. You don't need any other robe. That robe of righteous living comes through a spirit-filled life by being filled with God's spirit, allowing him to produce in you the fruit that can only come from him. Look at that fruit in Galatians 5 when you get a chance. Is that fruit being produced in your life? Verse 7, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let every one turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. I think in verse 8, is where places like Petco and PetSmart got their idea of putting clothes on animals. <laughs> Had it come from this verse, you know? In the Old Testament, and I think the king of Nineveh knew from history of how backed by a mighty God that they gave honor and glory to, that Israel will wipe out nations and sometimes wipe out the nation, all the animals, all the children, all the women, and all the men 
because of the evil, the sin that was taking place in that nation. And this king, look what he does. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Clothe the animals as well as the people with sackcloth. Think about that. He wasn't taking any chances. Two things for you and me. Are we taking the chance of just being comfortable and sitting rather than saying, Lord, send me and listen to where he wants you to go and obey his voice and going? Are you taking that chance? And the second thing is, are you taking a chance and stepping out in faith for what you believe the Lord is calling you to do? Go for it. If you don't have the joy of your salvation that you had when you first became a born-again Christian, it could be because you're not reaching out to the lost. You want to get that joy back? Go save, help save somebody. Go out there. Go to the uh, food and clothes mission and see the destitute. Give them a cup of water. Get involved with people who don't have, who are hurting. Get involved in the prison ministry. Go there and see young men or young women from their early 20s to their 60s and just see their hardness of their heart, but yet how they would receive you because you're showing love and going in to a place that people don't come and visit them, not even their own family. Are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Notice the repentance that took place. Notice how they knew they were evil. Do you understand that without Jesus Christ, you're evil? Your heart is wicked? We always need a brainwashing and a heart cleansing that can only come from the water of his word. No external shower will take care of that need. We need to take in his word daily, 24-7, meditate, 365, just keep walking. Just let it wash over the inside of your heart, your mind. And before you know it, things are taking place in your life. You're blessing people simply because you're honoring God and walking with him hand in hand. Verse 9, who can tell if God will turn and relent? In 2 Chronicles 7.14 it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Remember the sackcloth and ashes? You don't have to put them on. But what God desires is a broken and a contrite heart. Fall before him. Prostrate yourself before him in your bedroom. Lay down. Say, say, Lord, cover me. Humble me, Lord. Break my heart. Get me to that place you need me to be. Don't let me be comfortable, Lord. Let me know I'm always leaning on you, always working. And if you humble yourself as an individual in the body of Christ, and we all do this, and we pray, we talk to God 24-7, 365, and we seek his face. We have a promise that if we seek his face, we'll find it. If we seek him with all our heart, and if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. That's his promise. And if we turn from our wicked ways, is there something that's hindering you? Is there something that's making you stumble? Get rid of it. You have the power, if you're a born-again believer, to just forget about it, walk away. You're not chained to that sin anymore. Don't get entangled by that sin. It's holding you back from the abundant life that God wants you to experience today, tomorrow. But understand that experience of the abundant light is for you, yes. But it's also to overflow and bless others and snatch others from the fire of hell. Hell's a reality. 
People are going there. He needs you and me to be on his team and working and reaching out and snatching them from the fires of hell. To, be, to have spiritual sensitive nostrils, to smell hell already on them, that they're one heartbeat away from going there. And if we don't go, who will go? How will they hear if the word isn't preached? Just love them. Go out and love them. And if you have to, use words. And notice what God will do. He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive your sin and my sin. And he'll heal their land. My people. God's not waiting for the whole world. He knows they're lost. He's waiting for his people, those who are called by his name, you and me, born-again believers, to seek his face. Then he'll start healing our land. Guys, ladies, there's a lot of hurt out there. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of torn, open wounds in our world that God wants to heal. We believe time's running out. We need to be the 911 emergency squad. We need to be the firemen and women putting out fires because people are dying. God will turn away from his fierce anger. That anger that was directed at you and me. We know he loves us. We're his kids. He's not angry with you. He loves you. It's the lie of Satan if you don't think God loves you here tonight. No matter what's going on in your world. It could be great stuff going on and you might be forgetting all about Christ. You might be sitting on your throne, wrapped in the robe of your comfort and everything's so cool. Or you could be on your throne, wrapped in the, the discomfort of a robe of pain of a robe of poverty, of a robe of cancer, or some other sickness. Don't have a pity party. Jesus died to save you eternally. He rose to give you new life where you are. I saw a 69-year-old man that God used last night with his football injuries hobbling across the stage. And I saw his intensity, and I saw young teenagers, 40 years, 45 years removed from his age, raise their hand real quietly and softly to receive Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior. He can use you. He can use me. He wants to. Are you hearing his call? And notice, he turns, his anger becomes love, and people don't perish. Verse 10, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Joel chapter 2 verse 13 says, Rend your heart. Rend your heart. And not your garments. Tear your heart. Tear it open. Allow God to just go in there and do dynamic things. Right now. Let him just get in there. Let him cleanse every area of your heart, that little spot in the corner that you're still holding on to. Let him kick it out of there. Let him have a total control of your heart. It says here, rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. 
He's slow to anger and great in kindness. And he relents from doing harm. It's never too late for you and me when we hear his word to respond to what he's calling us to do. He's not done. But we need to continually respond to what he's showing us to do. Psalm 57.1 Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. You're not by yourself through the stuff you're going through. You don't have to go through it by yourself. Just hide yourself under his wings. There's comfort there. There's healing there. There's strength there. There's courage there. As we wait upon the Lord, what is he showing you tonight? He's giving you another chance. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's giving you a chance right now to do that. And we're going to say a prayer. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he's giving you another chance to get up and arise and go with him to where he wants you to go. And please, understand, it could be that intercessory prayer for someone that God's always put it on your heart. Pray for an open door to reach that person and pray for their open heart and ears to receive what you're going to share. going to ask those believers who are walking with the Lord to just bow in prayer right now and if everybody else would just bow in prayer I'm just going to ask if there's anybody in here right now who has never given your heart to Jesus who has never confessed your sins and turned over your life to the Lord I'm going to give you that opportunity tonight and you don't have to come up here right now, but I'd like you to just raise your hand and put it down. If there's one of you, two of you in here that have never taken that step of faith and you hear God knocking, he's knocking on your heart's door and he wants to come in to have fellowship with you. If that applies to anybody here tonight, just slip up your hand and put it down, please. And if you're listening on the internet, you can just say this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for showing me that I am a sinner. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, I accept your sacrifice for my sins, and I turn from my way, and I want to follow your way because you are the way the truth and the life Jesus fill me with your Holy Spirit help me to follow you all the days of my life direct me to a place that I can hear your word and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus I thank you Jesus Amen. And as your heads and eyes are closed, I just want to ask if there's any of you who are born-again believers that desire prayer that you will heed God's call and arise and go wherever he sends you. If you feel like you haven't been being used by the Lord or you've you lost that enthusiasm for the lost, I want you to just slip up your hand and put it down if you would like prayer for that. Amen. Anybody else? Praise God. Awesome. Anybody else? Just slip up your hand, put it down, and we'll just bathe you in prayer for that.
Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for these people who just raised their hands. Lord, thank you for touching their hearts tonight. And we know, Lord, that you are the author and the perfecter of our salvation. That you're not done with any of us yet. But I do pray, Lord, right now, that you pour out your Holy Spirit on those people who raise their hands. That you would give them vision and direction. And that they would heed your call and go in obedience and take that chance. They've already raised their hand and got out of their comfort zone. So now, Lord, give them the courage and the direction and the guidance of your Holy Spirit to take that exciting step of faith. And we wait for that praise report, Lord, and that witness and that testimony of what you did with them because they were willing to go into the acid and see who you wanted to reach through them. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this book of Jonah. And Lord, help us never to be like Jonah, who when he saw your mercy and grace was upset. Lord, I remember being in Israel one time at the garden tomb and we had a Palestinian guide and how I had just stereotyped for so many years the Palestinian people and yet when I saw this man's love and his care and just his love for the Holy Land that God just convicted me and I remember before we received communion the Lord said hey go and make peace with your brother before you partake of my body and my blood and remember what I did for you. So the Lord just moved and I just wanted to apologize and I apologized to this guy who didn't know I was upset with the Palestinian people. Lord, help us to not have that angry heart. If there's people that we are upset with because they're evil or they are in cults or whatever the reason, soften our hearts. You died for them too. Jesus, don't give Satan victory over the cults or anybody who is outside of believing you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that you would continue to reach out and save the world and just use us. So go before us now, Jesus. We glorify you as we worship you in this song. Let our hearts and our hands be raised to you. Help us to see you high and lifted up. And we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.